Welcome to DBAX Podcast. The future technology and stuff. This is the official podcast of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Sports, 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 sports. From the field to the front office, the ballpark to the broadcast booth, it's time to talk DBAX baseball. I just think about baseball. Here are Greg Schulte. And he rockets one to deep right center. That is long gone. And Steve Berthium. In the gap at the track at the wall, and he's got it, A.J. Pollock, wow! Play ball! From Salt River Fields at Talking Stick in Scottsdale, Arizona, this is D-Backs Podcast, the official podcast of the Arizona Diamondbacks. It is our 35th D-Backs Podcast, Season 2, Episode 10. I'm Steve Berthume. On this Episode 35, a very unique guest this week, He's D-backs special assistant to baseball operations, Mike Russell. And Mike is one of baseball's great characters. He has worked nearly 30 years in professional baseball. He's a member of the Professional Baseball Scouts Hall of Fame. He joined the D-backs a couple of years ago after spending a decade with the Tigers, Tony La Russa, Dave Stewart, Dejon Watson. That regime brought Mike Russell to Arizona. And Mike really is the epitome of the baseball scout, the guy who scoured the backfields looking at prospects who worked as a latin american scout he's a been a big league advanced scout a special assignment guy he's worked for the giants and the blue jays and the marlins tigers and now the diamondbacks so we will get the real skinny on some of the players here a rare look inside the scout's eye view uh, coming up on our show this week as we record this episode 35 it is tuesday march 1st so we march into march following sunday's oscars show where I thought Chris Rock absolutely crushed it. He was tremendous. Very funny. Did you watch the Oscars? Yes. Leo? Absolutely. Yeah. He was he was outstanding. On point from the beginning. Yeah, very funny. And uh, said some important things, which is good, too. Best Actress went to Brie Larson for her performance in the movie Room, about a young mother held captive with her son in a small room. And I, I couldn't help but think. <laughs> where are we going? We could do a sequel here called Booth. About a veteran baseball play-by-play man locked in a radio booth with a bumbling yet still lovable radio engineer. <laughs> very, very gripping. I think that I think we might have a sequel there. A bumbling, you said, or yeah. bubbling? Bumbling oh, yet still bubbling. lovable. Okay. Yeah. So let's introduce our leading man. He is the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, the Earl of Grantham, the Governor Greg Schulte. Glad to be back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Can I sell you on a script for the movie Booth? Uh, you and Leo locked up in a small radio booth. Sure. <laughs> That'd be good. Is Tom Candiotti anywhere near this? He that could be the deciding factor. He's got yeah. the key. Candy is observing as uh, we <laughs> he's observing the taping of this uh, podcast. He refused to participate. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> also on the program, uh, you know, imagine my confusion when every headline coming out of the Oscars was uh, Leo finally wins and a, a triumph for Leo. It's not DiCaprio like around well. here. Yeah, I thought you might. Have you ever been attacked by a bear? Uh, no, I've been mistaken for a bear, but <laughs> that could, that's embarrassing. Uh, it is our engineer, our producer, our man about town, the mother of dragons, the kingslayer, Leo, bad news, Gil Martin. Uh, good to be here. Did you have you, I forget that I asked you, did you see The Revenant? I did not. Yeah. Yeah, You're a pretty good movie guy, I'm but you pretty fall good. behind from this, time to time. This year I was not very, not very good. Uh, Martian. I've seen The Martian. Martian that was, was good. I liked yeah. it. You know what the wife and I watched on the on-demand last week that I thought should have won was uh, was 
Is it Fassbender for Steve Jobs? The Steve Jobs movie? Yep. Didn't that's see a that. tri- that's a great movie. Sounds like we got some good ones to run on road trips this year. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> there yeah, there was uh and there were some surprises in the Oscars from what uh, I yeah, understand. I like the British Spies guy, the British Spies guy, the Russian guy who won best supporting actor. Yep. You know what I thought when they were going to do best picture, I thought they were going Mad Max. <laughs> Yeah, because it won everything else. <laughs> yeah. Thank a, goodness. Yeah, it was a good day for Mad Max. Yeah. I was happy because I really do think that Spotlight, and I saw just about every one. I probably saw 90% of them. But, no, I thought Spotlight was the best movie I saw yeah, all I year long. Yeah, I want to see that. I, I actually, that was outstanding. I could see them all. Well, as we record, and we will on the planes, as we <laughs> record episode 35, uh, we are here. Getting ready for the scrimmage at Salt River Fields. Uh, yesterday was against West Virginia University, the scrimmage. Later today, uh, the D-backs play the first game. It's the annual college series game, or collegiate series game, I should say. This time against the University of Arizona. Last time we played ASU. This year, U of A. Next year, I think we play Grand Canyon. And uh, after today, it's the Cactus League opener tomorrow, Wednesday, here against the Rockies. And there is some news. Chip Hale says that Ruby De La Rosa will pitch the Wednesday opener versus Colorado. Robbie Ray will start Thursday's game here against the Rockies. Diamondbacks host Oakland Friday here, and that will be Zach Greinke's D-backs debut. Greinke will go Friday versus the Athletics. Saturday, the first road game of the spring. D-backs at Glendale to play the Dodgers. That would be fun. That might be Shelby Miller will definitely go for the D-backs, but it looks like Maida might go for L.A. that, that day, too. So. We'll have we'll have uh, Wednesday's game and Saturday's game on the radio. You're doing Sunday's game on TV. Sunday's a TV game. That's Patrick Corbin against the Cubs here. So uh, a lot to get excited about this week. Lineups already. Lineups. The decision uh, to start Greinke Friday would, speaking of lineups, line him up for the opening day start April 4th at Chase With Field. an extra day, right? Yeah, they said, Mike Butcher said, you know, historically, Greinke has been a little bit slow in the spring, so they want to give him some extra time to kind of ease into things. And when you've got a $206 million investment, those are the kind of things you do. Obviously, it was real slow last season, posting that 1.66 ERA. So. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the only other bit of news uh, from here, uh, other than the addition of veteran Ricky Weeks in the mix, I was watching Ricky Weeks take batting practice yesterday. Every other pitch was a home run in the parking lot. I don't know what that means. Probably not much right now, but it was something to see. Well, I heard Chip Hill uh, in his news conference afterward talking about he's got the same lightning quick back. You know, the problem with Ricky Weeks has been making contact. Yeah, in the last few years. Uh, there is no Gub has the lineup for the Arizona game today. There is no AJ Pollock, Owings, Lamb, Peralta, O'Brien in left field. Herman catching, Arias, Brito, Glaceman, and Ahmed at short. Chip Hale said uh, A.J. has a little bit of a sore arm. Mm. He has it every spring just from swinging a lot and throwing, and it's nothing major, but they will uh, probably not have A.J. in the lineup, might not even tomorrow either against Colorado. Maybe by the weekend he'll be in there. Uh, so what have you seen that you've liked, Gubna? You know, it's hard to say. I, until they start, I looked about two weeks out and then probably pretty much focus in on a lot of things. I think uh, we hear all the talk about the battles on the infield, you mm-hmm. know, what's going to happen there. Gene Scurry yesterday, first a bat double to right center. That was impressive. Uh, we, I think we agree. We, we both like Brito, Socrates. Uh, and maybe he's even in a battle with Yasmani for a, a starting spot in left field. Wouldn't rule that out. It's no. certainly not at this point. Um, you know, it's... Who's going to win the five spot? Is it going to be Robbie Ray, or is it Godley going to come around, or maybe an Archie Bradley, or 
or somebody else. There are some position battles going on. Who will be the backup catcher to Wellington Castillo? I think most probably think it's tough. He goes to which Herman is there uh, for a look-see. But, uh, you know, some battles going on. But they're not out of the 25-man roster. Uh, there's maybe only two or three positions that uh, are really up for grabs. The the ex the twelfth pitcher. I yeah, let's call him the extra. It's not that, but the twelfth pitcher would be a bullpen spot. Which a is going to help this there. year. They're, you know, Chip's going to have the ability to have an extra position player. Because last year they went with thirteen and twelve. Right. This year they're planning on going twelve pitchers. Last year they had thirteen pitchers and three catchers. Yeah. So that really jammed up his bench. So he has a lot more options this year. And Chris Herman, as you mentioned, can play first and corner outfield. So there's some versatility Mm -hmm. there. Uh, I was watching a couple of days. They had what they call uh, competition Sunday. Yeah. Where it was Team Freight Train versus Team Goldie in uh, the situational hitting contest, where you have. You have to hit with a, a hit and run. Then you have to get up there and hit and get the guy second and third. And then you have to bring him home from third with the infield in. All these different situational hitting modes. And the guy that I kind of liked and watched and I think might have an outside shot to make the team, and I, I, I talked about it with you guys the other Bornstein. day. Bornstein. Zach Bornstein. A left-hand batter. Um, he's got arms like legs. I mean, this guy has arms. He makes Goldie look like Louis Orr. He's not real tall. No, he's not real tall. He's a short guy, about 5'10", 5'11". But... He's a left-hand hitter. He's had really good at-bats. And, uh, oh, that guy, hmm, okay, there he is again. And then he had another uh, moment out here yesterday mm-hmm. against West Virginia. Uh, put the bat on the ball and drove it to double. right center field, yeah, for a double. So that's a name that uh, I've seen a couple of times out here where I thought, hmm, that's something to file away there. I think it'll be fun, too, to watch Mike Butcher work uh, as a pitching coach. Dave Magan and coming in as the uh, the hitting coach and watching uh, Matty work with the infield and some of the shifts going on this spring. It's so impressive to watch Mike Butcher. I mean, he is really involved and very detail-oriented, and he has individual uh, assessments of every single pitcher. And he's not one of these guys that says, okay, this is how you pitch, everybody do it this way. He is, it seems, able to adjust person-to-person, style-to-style. I think that that's going to prove to be a tremendous hire for the Diamondbacks this I'm year. just glad the games are here, and uh, let's get it on. Well, we got a guy uh, to talk to here on this episode 35 that we think you're really going to like, and let's bring in our guest this week. All right, friends, it is time. Ladies and gentlemen, our first guest tonight is, uh, he's so good. Celebrities are here in profusion, one after another. Not only superstars, but really super people. My guest. My guest. Would you welcome him, please? Our guest this week, D-back Special Assistant to Baseball Operations. He is a member of the Professional Baseball Scouts Hall of Fame. Mike Russell is with us this week. Russ, thanks for doing this. Well, appreciate you asking me. Now, you're usually in the in the background. Today we're bringing you out onto center stage here in the foreground. Tell us about exactly what it is you do with the Diamondbacks. Well, when, um, you know, I obviously um, do the our professional scouting, oversee uh, myself, uh, and Sam Eaton, our guys, and uh, making sure that that they got everything they need to do their job. And uh, basically, I try to stay out of their way. I've screwed it up a lot more over <laughs> the years than uh, most people. So uh, we got really good people. Uh, I do some uh, scouting internationally. My, some, you know, my background in uh, Latin America, and uh, I just come back from the Dominican for a couple of weeks. Um, sometimes I just, you know, do a lot of listening. And uh, every now and then, they'll ask me a question for my opinion. You, you, you mentioned that you screw things up. But, but the life of a scout, you get some right, you get some wrong. Yeah, you know, I, I tell our guys that um, 
you know, Pat Gillick years ago when I worked for him, I had a great saying, don't be afraid to be right. And, you know, most people think that don't be afraid to be wrong. Right. And, and his, his thought process was, you know, I can get anybody to say no. And you're not really that valuable to me. And if you're going to go out and sort of put your neck on the line, uh, you're going to be wrong. But, you know, in, in scouting, that's our, that's our lifeblood is having an educated opinion and uh, not be afraid to state it. And, um, you know, that's sort of the way we do things here. You know, um, we, we've got a tremendous support staff. And uh, but we've got a lot of experience. I think we've got five, maybe six guys that've got 25 plus years in scouting on the pro side now, and I'm very proud of that. Uh, and we also got some young guys, like I said, um, you know, uh, just in our office. Uh, Sam Eaton does a great job with with keeping ever everybody going. You know, mm-hmm. uh, our organization is really good. We got a process that we that we think's working. And uh, we try to improve on it every uh, day. When you got started in this, did you think 30 years later you'd be here still doing it? <laughs> this, this life that you've led, this amazing baseball life, you've been everywhere, done everything. Yeah. You know, I, I look back, um, and I've told a lot of people that uh, being from Alabama, you know, and then being able to go to Florida Junior College at 18 and, and play and go to you know coaching and being one of the youngest coaches uh, in college at that time and then I had the opportunity to uh, go into scouting at a really young age and uh, you know it's I've never you know some it's a grind don't get me wrong but um, you know I've always enjoyed the people and uh, it's going by really fast, man. <laughs> it always does, right, when you're having a good time. Hey, you know, and that's the reason I look like I do. I, you know, I look like I'm 200 instead of 56. But, uh, you know, I really enjoy it. And, um, you know, I want our guys to enjoy it. Uh, you know, I, I tell them all the time, that's, you, you you know, you're living a dream here. And sometimes it sometimes it's a bad dream when things are not going so good. But, yeah, we've had, a, you know, it's been a great run. I mean, you know, geez, you know, 30-plus years. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Does it happen more often than not that you go to scout a particular player but another player catches your eye? Uh, all the time, whether it be amateur or uh, professional. Um, and that's the reason that, you know, I, we, we, we scout the whole game. And, uh, you know, um, because you never know who's going to walk out there that has not been a Baseball America top 20 or on somebody's list. That's sleeper. And Everybody's aware of those yeah. guys, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and, you know, obviously we are aware of those guys. But, you know, I, I tell our guys in, in discussion, and, and me and Sam talk about this a lot, you just got to use common sense. Why would in Arizona included – why would we tell the whole world who our top 30 players were truthfully? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Because, hey, you know, we like some guys in other clubs do the same thing. So we got to scout past that list. Mm-hmm. And our 30, I guarantee you, our 30 names on another team, and you go to their website, it don't match up. 
The reason it doesn't match up, they use the same philosophy as we do. We're not going to just give everybody who, you know, all the answers to the test. Now, something like that came up. I don't think it was you that I had this conversation with. It might have been another guy. When when Miguel Montero was traded to the Cubs. Right. And we don't want to get into too much specifics here. But the Cubs say, okay, uh, two minor leaguers in the deal. Here's a list of whatever, 8, 10, 12 guys. Pick two. You got to know the right ones to pick from that list they give you, right? Does yeah. that happen a lot? And how do you know who those guys are? We ended up with Zach Godley. Looked how well, well that worked out. Yeah. Um, well, in, in that particular case, and, and this happens a lot, um, the list that they initially give you is probably not, you know, the list that you want. It's like buying a used car, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. An expensive used car. Yeah. Go which side? You know, it's going which side of the deal you're on but um you know and uh, just the process that we use you know and that was really um you know when i got here a few days later we made the robbie ray trade with you know and then mm -hmm. of course but we started working on uh, on the trade with the cubs you know well you know in in the fall and obviously in san diego it finally you know came up but we went through a lot of names between us and chicago mm-hmm and um, so obviously, you know, they were going to take, you know, the contract. So we had to adjust our sights. Because you're not going to get their best player exactly. because they're paying the money exactly. on, the, on Mickey's I mean, deal. You know, yeah. that's just the way the deal is. And, um, you know, we were able to get a young right-hander named Mejia and then Zach. And, uh, you know, our reports on him uh, from our scouts were good. Uh, we we had some um, you know some analytics that 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 were that was done, uh, ground balls things of that nature, and um, you know it's worked out pretty good. Yeah, sure Godley is. was used in the bullpen with Chicago. D did you see him coming to the Diamondbacks as a potential starter? Uh, I, I, did it matter? Really? It, you know what? It, for for us, we thought he was a starter, uh, but. If he did, if he didn't start with, with his sink rate and ground ball rate, and the way that our ballpark plays here in Arizona, you know, it's almost like arena baseball. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a tough place to get outs in the air. Mm -hmm. um, and um, you know, our reports—that's what I'm saying. You know, our reports read good. Uh, I talked several times with the scouts uh, that had seen him, and. You got to trust your people, and that's what that's what we do. What do you look when you're out there at the, on the field and you see a guy, and ooh, you might be looking like like Gub said, you might be looking at a pitcher. Suddenly, there's a shortstop that you like. What is it that you see that first sparks that interest? Well, a lot of it's um, gut instinct um, that sometimes words can't describe. You know what makes you like a guy. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, size, quickness, strength, how fast he swings the bat, uh, how he moves. Um, you know, as far as an everyday player, mm -hmm. um, you know, you just use your past experiences to sort of feel, you know, get a framework, and then you start doing the research and going back and delve into his past. Find his, you know, makeup is so important, as you guys know. I mean, these guys are, there's a lot of talented guys that never play in the big leagues because, you know, of a lot of reasons that doesn't involve talent. 
And that's one thing that we try to do here is identify the talent physically, but also identify what Tony, you know, likes to call winning ball player. I remember Buck Showalter always used to tell me that when it comes to that kind of stuff, you're at the mercies of the mom, you're at the mercy of the moms and dads. Exactly. Is, is this a good kid? The character, the work ethic. You know, and uh, here's the thing. the The easy part of our job as a scout is on the foul ball side of the net. In other words, behind home plate or wherever. It's getting in that clubhouse and getting contacts and being able to talk with people you trust that know the kid to give you some more insight and you just sort of take all the information and you put it all together and you try to make an educated decision. That's what we're trying to do. And you're dealing with human beings, you know, and um, some days, you know, you, you may come into a town in the minor leagues or the big leagues and the guy might have had family problems or he might be sick. You don't know that previous because you just got there. So there's a lot of detective work. The good, you know, the really good scouts, they've got a good network of people that they trust. They got a lot of connections. Obviously, they've got experience, and you got to use every you got to use every tool at your disposal to when you know when the call comes. Uh, we we try to tell our all of our guys that we got to be prepared for the call. We don't know when it's coming or who it's going to be coming from. But we got to act like every day that somebody's going to get called about a trade or some kind of deal. Talking about trade, take us to that through that week or two last June when the uh, Diamondbacks started talking with Seattle. You you got on the Big Bird and uh, you were scouting that Seattle organization. Yeah, um, you know we uh, we started talking to them, um, you know about Mark uh, Trumbo, and um, so we had you know internally we identified uh, you know. Number one, what we were going to be looking for in return. And we talked with Jack uh, Zorinzik, and um, we felt like that there was a framework and a, a window of opportunity that they needed him. And, you know, quite frankly, I mean, Peralta's playing good, and is playing good. And, um, you know, the, a lot of uh, conditions led, led up to that. And so um, – we, we started out with a big list, and uh, Ben Johnson, uh, who covers Seattle for us, um, you know, uh, met me initially in uh, Jackson, and I saw him play. They were going down to Mississippi, so I said, you know, I sent Ben following to Mississippi, and I flew to uh, out to uh, Seattle and watched their AAA club uh, for four days. Jackson's their double-A club. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then I got back on the plane that Sunday night and flew back across the country and got into Jackson, Mississippi uh, for that particular – the latter part of that series. Mm -hmm. And uh, just back and forth. I think I went back and forth three times, if I'm not mistaken. And um, then we came up with, uh, you know, some guys that we liked. We asked for, they said no. And so when they said no, we said, well, what about this guy? Okay, we'll think about it. And it was give and take. Um, I got to give uh, Seattle credit. They, uh, you know, they wanted Trumbo. They knew, you know, they knew that that's a good thing about Stu is that, you know, he, he don't try to beat somebody down. He tells you straight up, this is what I'm looking for. If you get close, maybe we'll do a deal. And uh, so I'm my – 
basically our recommendation as a scouting staff from all the reports was, you know, Gabby uh, Guerrero mm -hmm. and, uh, of course, Jack Reinheimer. And we got uh, Leon, who came to us really wore down from the year before. He's throwing very well this spring. He feels good. But, uh, you know, from the previous year, he, he, he was in a lot of games at a very young age. He's still young. He put up some sensational mm -hmm. major oh, league numbers two years ago. Oh, yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. And I talked with him. He's other got good blood in him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and um, and then, of course, Welly. Uh, you know, really, uh, Welly come over, and as you guys know, man, I mean, we became a different ball club. Yeah. I mean, you know, guy what hit 16 home runs, I think. Yeah. I mean, they had that two-month run. He got here, and he was Babe Ruth for yeah. six, eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and you know, it just gave us a different look. Picked us up, and this, you know, he's got an opportunity to play every day, and a lot of guys, until they get that opportunity, you know, you don't see a lot of the intangibles. This guy's a leader. He's like a second pitching coach out there. I mean, now that he has seen the guys over a course of time. From last year, now spring training, you see him out here, and he'll, you know, each pitcher has a checkpoint, and well, he knows where that it's at, and it's fun to see. Turned uh, out to be a pretty good trade. So well, you know, so far it's <laughs> so when they so when they figure, as you said, you never know when that call is going to come. So yeah. at some point, Stu says, "Hey, Russ, it looks like we can do a deal with Seattle. I need you to get your guys." To their triple A teams and double A teams. So yeah. that you then you scramble the Jets. Do you say, okay, give me a week and I'll give you some names? Is that how it works? Well, the really our process that we do, um, you know, Sam Eaton does an unbelievable job of keeping up on a daily basis for um, just how we do it is we have a list, a running list, it's an active list that he updates every day. And um, we you know, Stu, I asked for a certain uh, position or whatever, or zero to three pitching, for instance, you know, young pitchers that are zero to three close to the big leagues. In terms of years, you're saying? Yeah. 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 Whatever the criteria that he's looking for. Mm -hmm. And we go, and, and uh, you know, um, with Sam's ability, you know, from uh, research, everything that he pulls out from our scouts, he does all the, the nuts and bolts. Of, of, kind of a nuts of, and bolts type guy. Yeah, and really, I don't, you know, you know, I, I pick the phone up and call the scouts and talk because that's that's my nuts and bolts. <laughs> so um, together, you know, we uh, we do it as a group. Uh, there's we have what we call uh, crossover coverage, so we right. may have five or six scouts that ain't seen the same guy, and it it really helped us. Because, you know, we traded. I think we got 24 or 25 guys since, since I've been here. It's ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, they've brought in a whole uh, – a lot of young talent. Yeah, this you know, system. exactly. And, uh, you know, I and quite frankly, most of these guys I did not see, almost 99% of them. It's strictly based on what our guys have seen in the field, discussions that, that we have with them live mm -hmm. because – the thing about writing reports, you can have the best computer system, all the technology, but I'm not smart enough to hear conviction in a report, but I can hear it on the phone. Right. And I can ask them re the really tough questions because, like I tell them, hey, they're going to ask me the tough questions. So I'm going to support you, but you're going to have to convince me before I go and put my, you know, 
back end out there. Because Stu's going to say, how do we like him? And i got to say yes or no. And that's where it goes back to what you talked about initially, don't be afraid to be right. Exactly. And, and that's, that's the process. I mean, um, you know, I, I think it's um, obviously um, last week when John Henry came out and said the thing about the analytics. They, mm-hmm. and, you know, I worked for John Henry with the Marlins. So I know where he made a ton of his money was he was an analytic guy with uh, the trades and stuff and sure. the stock market futures. And for a guy like that, he's made, you know, billions of dollars, if not trillions, to go and say, hey, I think that we went a little bit overboard. That's, that's, a, that's a lot different than, and than just somebody that doesn't have the credibility to know what analytics is. That he, he understands it just like we do here. The analytics is just like a stopwatch and a radar gun. It's part of the process, and that's what we do. We, we use all we use analytics, we use reports, we use statistics, and we use eyesight, and that's the way we do it. Has there been a little bit of a market correction there because analytics picked up a big head of steam the last few years, and now everybody's oh. got to have an analytics team. We have one here certainly right. with the Dr. Ed Lewis right. and his guys, but – do you feel it maybe coming back a little bit more toward the human element? Well, if we win enough here, it'll come back a lot. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> because the Diamondbacks take a lot of heat for not embracing, at least that's their perception yeah. from the National League, yeah, and for not know, embracing the analytics. Yeah, and, you know, I, I try to tell people, look, you know, I'm not going to sit and blow a bunch of smoke up somebody's back end that, you know, my my expertise is in evaluation and, uh, and not in analytics, but I recognize that there's a value to using it. Mm-hmm. And like I just referred to, uh, a good scout is going to take all the information that you can get from anywhere as long as it's reliable. That's the key because garbage in, garbage out. And if the stuff – I don't understand a lot of it now. I'm going to tell you, that's why I got Sam. He'll, he'll say, hey, Russ, this is – okay, great. And um, we, we, we put it all together. Do scouts consider analytics a threat? I don't to, think so. To their so. livelihoods? Nah. I mean, the good ones, the good scouts, they, I mean, I don't, I've never even, and I, I, know, I know what you're saying, that it's, it's sort of been us against them. Yeah. I've never felt that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, more because, information, the better, is what you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I want, I want, in our, in our bag of tricks, I want the numbers to to have to answer questions and also bring up, um, you know, points that are good or bad, and you know, that's that's it, my job. Is, is as far as I as I'm concerned, my my individual job is. I owe it to Mr. Kendrick, to Tony, and to Stu, and to everybody to not leave any rock unturned. Right. And that's what I do. Where's the strangest place you ever went to go look at a player? <laughs> I mean, you go way back. I mean, the Giants oh, yeah. and Blue Jays yeah. and Marlins, you yeah. were with the Tigers for a long time, now yeah. with the Diamondbacks. Just about 30 years here. Yeah. Where's the strangest place you ever ended up looking at a player? Well, believe it or not, the, one of the strangest things was last year when I went to see Mankato work out in Guatemala. Mm-hmm. I was like, Guatemala? You know, 
Never been there. And, um, you know, he was uh, – that's where I went. And uh, there's not a lot of baseball players coming out of Guatemala. No. Now. I don't think there's any out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and uh, we saw him work out, and there was a ton of people there. In fact, the Delta flight uh, going over was full of scouts. Everybody had their upgrades, of course, because <laughs> the Delta, you know. And, uh, you know, I, we probably emptied out their uh, supply line of uh, beverages on the way over <laughs> for sure because it was a long flight. And um, it was, you know, in the fall, everybody's wore out. But uh, that that that's one of the top places. I, you know, in Venezuela, I uh, went out, you know, down there um, for a long time. Um, when I worked for the Blue Jays, when I started going to Venezuela, I was living in North Carolina, and my wife said, do they not know? Can they not read a map that, you know, it's sort of tough for you to get to Venezuela from um, here? And no said, direct I, flights, huh, from no, Raleigh no, or anywhere? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you a story. Pat Gillick um, told me, he said, hey, Mike, you ever been to Venezuela? I said, yeah, I've been to Venezuela. He said, good, because you're going to go in three weeks. You're going to, you know, help us start restart our academy. Great. I get off the phone, I call Jody, and I say, hey, two things. <laughs> Where the hell is Venezuela? And <laughs> I need a passport. You had never been there. Never. <laughs> so you lied but, your way in. Hey. And you got a passport. <laughs> I never turned down an assignment. I faked it till I made it. There you go. <laughs> and then I stayed 13 years. So when fans, Russ, come out here over the next uh, five, six weeks or so to Salt River Fields, and they see some of these young guys out there with number 86 and number 77 and, and some of the names that they might not be familiar with. Uh, who are some of the guys that you like that maybe fans should watch for when they come out here? Well, I think uh, as far as our young everyday players, um, I think that uh, Gabby Guerrero, I don't know how long he's going to be here because he's really young, but, uh, he, you know, his, um, you know, the Guerrero name is obviously, uh, you know, he, he, he's a spitting image of his uncle. I mean, if you watch him. And, yeah, it looks uh, just like him. I mean, you know, he's amazing. He's a great kid. He speaks, you know, really good English. Uh, he's got a lot of life. Um, you know, a guy like that. We've got a kid named Domingo Labor that we got in the Robbie Ray trade. From the Tigers, From, yeah. Yeah, you know, just sort of happened to know a little bit about him when I was Not coming over. Not very big, is he? No. Yeah. No, but you know what? Um, for where he plays, perfect. Is, he's the perfect size because. Second base. And, and he and can short play style. short. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. He's got a really good baseball clock. And, you know. Now, that's a great scouting term. What is that? Baseball clock. Yeah. yeah. What is that? That You know, he can slow the game down because the game's really fast at the big league level. And where kids get in trouble, just like pitchers or players, is when, when things get tight, a young player wants to do more. And a veteran player knows to do, try, you know, instead of, when things get tight for on the mound, your veteran pitcher, instead of trying to throw his greatest fastball, he goes the other way. Mm -hmm. You know, slows the game down a little bit. Uh, same way in the infield, I mean, and hitting that, you know, when, when he makes plays, he doesn't get – you know, he always gets the guy by half a step. Whether it's a four-flat runner or a five-flat runner, it's a half a step because he knows he's got good instincts. And that's what we, you know, it's it's just a term, you know, it's it's not it's not a sexy fifteen dollar word term. No, but it makes sense. But and that's one yeah. of the things you're looking for out there. Yeah, right? yeah, and um, you know, he he's under control. He doesn't play wild. 
like some young kids. They come up and, you know, they, they, they go 90 to nothing. And, you know, they're out here in the big league environment. And you go across that backfield back there the next day, and they're under control and everything. And here, you know, there's so much to deal with. And, you know, you, you're, you, you got this guy that's, a, you know, potential Hall of Famer or MVP or whatever. And there's just a lot to deal with. And he does a great job of separating and eliminating all the noise around him. He's 20 years old. He was the youngest player in the Midwest League when we had him with the Tigers. And then, you know, I came over and, and Stu, actually Dave Stewart is the guy that picked Domingo Labor. Hmm. Okay? It was, it, you know, I knew of, I knew uh, Labor, um, but Stu really knew Labor. And he's the guy that should get credit along with our scouts that saw him. Because obviously I knew Robbie Ray because when I was with the Tigers, mm -hmm. we, we traded Doug Fister with Washington, who I covered in the National League East. And so I had – that's what I'm saying. We, we do this all together. Dave Stewart is one heck of a scout. It's, it's unbelievable. People, you know, he doesn't get credit for his instinct on players. And, you know, David Dombrowski was that way. Pat Gillick's that way. Um, those guys did all right. Brian Sabian. You know, I work for all those guys. I, you know, I've had a – you know, I've been so lucky because Al Rose was my first GM. Then Bob Quinn come in for about six months. Then Sabian, Gillick, Dombrowski, and now Dave Stewart. It's a good group. Hey, man, just – you, I, I'm not very smart, but – I think some, you've some, done all some, right for yourselves. Yeah. Some of it rubbed off. Well, we're thrilled that you could give us so much time. It's it's we love on the show to talk to different cogs in the wheel here and different all the different yeah. types of people and the different roles yeah. and functions they have that you know, make this whole thing work. And, yeah. and you are certainly big, big one of those of guys. Yeah. You know the thing about it is when I, I know you guys got to go, but when I took this job, I walked in. I was coming down with my straw hat on. And there was about 150 scouts sitting there laughing, knowing. Hey, if this guy can get this type of job, everybody's got hope. <laughs> You're an inspiration. <laughs> thanks, Russ. Russ, right. thanks very okay. much. Well, our thanks to Mike Russell for stopping by this week as we are here in the radio booth overlooking this spectacular vista that is Salt River Fields of Talking Stick. Leo, this is a little better than the men's room. Oh, I tell you what. Do you feel more at home now? Well, the men's room is sentimental. You know, it, it has some deep meaning, but this view – Tell you what, for whatever you're doing, this view is outstanding. There's a lot going on here. There wasn't much of a view in that men's room. <laughs> no. Your boys from Intentional Talk are here. Chris Rose and Kevin Millar are <laughs> doing their show from the left field concourse all week long here at Salt River Fields of Talking Stick. Are you going to be on the show? They have not reached out and asked. Do they know how big a fan you are of Millar's antics? I've kind of kept that a secret. Well, we can go over there and try and, you know, <laughs> get you a segment. I'm a big fan. No, they, I think they do good work. Well, they're here. And I think Baseball Tonight is coming here at some point this week, too. The uh, spring training bus tour will be here. So yeah, I want to uh, say Wednesday. I, I thought I saw something. Uh, might be, yeah. yeah it's, you know, it's nice getting a little more attention. There's more people that are, you know, national people that are showing up, spending some time in the camp. and uh, Casey Stern and Cliff Floyd were yep. here from MLB Network uh, Radio on the Satellite Series deal. They're, they're here, I think, today and tomorrow. Who wouldn't want to come to this facility, right? It's still the Taj Mahal. It is absolutely spectacular. So we encourage you to get out here and visit us this week as our spring training Cactus League schedule gets underway 
at Salt River Fields at Talking Stick. Also, check out the new website, dbacks.com slash evolution. You'll see exclusive content, videos of all the new uniform combos. You can get on the social media stuff with the social media. Uh, com slash evolution. And join the evolution. Going to have dog day this year every Sunday, huh? Chase Field? Did I see? Yeah, that was the big news. Uh, yeah. yeah um, they have put together every Sunday home game. I think there's 12. Will be uh, a bark in the park kind of a deal where they've set up a, a special area. I think behind left field at Chase yeah, Field. Pet Smart and the Diamondbacks yep. team up. Pet First ever season-long dog-friendly ballpark in the U.S. What does it say? It says... Um, the PetSmart Porch, I think they're calling it, something like that. Patio. Patio. Pet Thank Smart you. Yeah, all 13 Sunday nice. D-back home games. Pet parents will be able to enjoy America's favorite pastime, grassy play area. I believe it's in left center. Yeah, yes, I think you're right. behind the left yeah. center field wall. Yeah, we'll get more on it, but uh, uh, get on the website, and uh, you'll see Dog Days of Summer ticket package is available now for purchase. And include a semi-private space. A lot of people excited about this. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's a great idea. You can have a whole year's worth of bark in the park every and, Sunday home game. And the first dog day of summer, Sunday, April tenth, when the Diamondbacks take on the Cubs. You know, it's funny when you look on the Twitter. I tweeted out a picture. Uh, they did an artist sketch of what it's going to look like, and the reaction on Twitter was overwhelming. Oh, yeah. People are really excited about this. Man, let's go get a dog. <laughs> I've, I've been trying to let the wife or talk the wife into letting us get a dog now for I don't know how long. Well, she can. She's got to take care of you. That's bring the little fellow out enough. to the game. Yeah, how about that? I can bring him in your booth. <laughs> yeah. We haven't we haven't announced the uh, dog days in the booth yet. Now that's next level stuff right there. Uh, a reminder: D-back spring training tickets on sale now. You can get them online at dbacks.com/spring. Or here at the Salt River Fields box office, regular season single game tickets on sale now. You got to get going. These are going fast. If you want to see the Cubs or the Yankees, you want a specific bobblehead day, you want to do the Sunday dog games, uh, whatever you need, it's all there for you at dbacks.com/evolution, as well as many season ticket options that the Diamondbacks have available. dbacks.com/evolution. April fourth against the Rockies, we open up at home. And the Cubs in for four that weekend. Then we hit the road. That does it for our 35th show, Season 2, Episode 10. Follow us on the Twitter at D-Backs Podcast. News about upcoming guests and links to all the shows. Our thanks again to Mike Russell. Guests on D-Backs Podcast receive our eternal gratitude. D-Backs Podcast brought to you by Beverages by Hoffman, by Martin Paints, Martin Paints at Anxious Paints, and Matzo's by Strides. For the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, the Earl of Grantham, the Governor Greg Schulte. Ooh, and the Kingslayer, Leo Bad News Gilmartin. Mm-hmm. And to Tom Candiotti for sitting in and not participating at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Steve Berthium. Yes, this was, you may win an award for this. Thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll talk to you again next week from here at Salt River Fields at Talking Sticks. So long, everybody. This has been another edition of D-Backs Podcast. The game is over. The Diamondbacks have got to win here. Thanks for listening. It's over. Go home. We'll see you soon at Chase Field for more D-Backs Baseball.